Hello, this is Salil from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 5th of March. India recorded 5,921 new COVID-19 cases and 289 linked deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally stands at over 4,29,000 cases, while the death toll has crossed 5,14,000. Currently, there are over 63,000 active coronavirus cases in the country. The number of new COVID-19 cases have remained less than 1 lakh for 27 consecutive days. So far, India has administered over 178.5 crore COVID-19 vaccine doses in the country. Union Health Minister Mansukh Mandviya, in a statement today, informed that India achieved a new milestone today in its COVID-19 vaccination drive. More than 3 crore teens between the age group of 15 to 18 were fully vaccinated against COVID-19 as of today. An expert panel of India's Central Drug Authority has recommended the permission for conducting Phase 3 clinical trials of the single-dose COVID-19 vaccine Sputnik Light as a booster dose, official sources told the Times of India today. The recommendations have been sent to the Drugs Controller General of India for final approval. Globally, coronavirus has infected over 443.4 million people, claiming the lives of over 5.98 million. Chitra Ramkrishna, the former managing director and chief executive officer of the National Stock Exchange, was denied anticipatory bail today by a special Central Bureau of Investigation court in Delhi. Special CBI judge Sanjeev Agarwal took the decision after hearing both parties and considering all the evidence, NDTV reported. The same court had previously stated that there is no good ground for interim protection from arrest in favour of the accused at this time. In 2018, the CBI had filed an FIR in a co-location case on the orders of the court. The CBI case involves a stockbroker who allegedly manipulated the NSE system with the help of the top officials in order to gain access to the markets before anyone else when they opened. It was while investigating this case that it was found that Chitra Ramakrishna had leaked confidential information outside the organization and wrongfully appointed her alleged associate and the former group operating officer of NSE, Anand Subramanyam, in the company. Anand has already been arrested by the CBI. Voting took place today for the second and final phase of the ongoing assembly elections in Manipur. Voting began at 7 a.m. in 22 constituencies across six districts. A voter turnout of 47.16% was recorded till 1 p.m. today. Over the course of the day, two people have been killed in separate incidents of violence in the state. The first incident was reported in the Thaubal district and the second was reported in the Senapati district, the Indian Express reported. According to news agency PTI, L. Amuba Singh, a BGP supporter, was allegedly gunned down late last night by a Congress worker in the Thaubal district. He succumbed to his bullet injuries today. It was reported that Singh, along with other BGP activists, had allegedly visited the residence of the Congress worker in protest to stop him from campaigning since the deadline stipulated by the election commission for the same was over. However, a police official said that a fight broke out between the two and the Congress worker allegedly fired a gun at Singh, who was then rushed to the hospital. It is alleged that the Congress worker is yet to be arrested for the incident. 
In another incident from the Senapati district, one person was reportedly killed and another injured by security forces deployed for election duty at the polling station at the Nagamju village in the Karong constituency. The Assam Tribune has reported that the police had allegedly opened fire in Karong because some people tried to snatch the EVM from the polling station there. Investigations into the violence are still underway. The results of the assembly election will be declared on March 10th. A feature peculiar to politics in Manipur is that ideology counts for very little. The tendency of politicians in Northeast India to support whichever party is in power in Delhi, because that is where government funds come from, means that the BGP will have an advantage even if they finish second, as they did last time. This is what Samrat X wrote for News Laundry in his report titled A Divided House, Why Manipur Might See the Rise of a New Chief Minister. Check out Samrat's piece on our website and also the rest of our election coverage. Our work is powered by those who contributed to our SENA project. And if you like what you see, do contribute as well. To do this, you simply have to head over to the newslaundry.com website and click on the SENA tab to see our ongoing projects. You can be a contributor by paying as little as rupees 1000. Help keep the spirit of independent news alive. Subscribe to newslaundry.com. Shiv Sena leader Sanjay Rot today alleged that the phones of opposition leaders in Goa have been tapped, NDTV reported today. Among the opposition leaders he named were MLA Sudin Dhavalikar, MLA Vijay Sardesai, former Chief Minister Digambar Kamath and State Congress President Girish Chodankar. Talking to the press, Roth said and I quote, The phones of many leaders who are the leaders of the opposition in this country and especially wherever elections are being held are being tapped. The public has gotten big information about the Goa phone tapping case from Congress yesterday. Unquote. He claimed that the same thing happened in Maharashtra a while ago. Roth said, it is not a matter of coincidence that the leader of Maharashtra at that time is in charge of the Goa elections. He also expressed concern for other opposition leaders and said that he was worried about Akhilesh Yadav. The Maharashtra phone tapping case in question was an allegation of phone tapping by the state home minister Dilip Valse Patil. In 2019, Patil had accused former Pune police commissioner Rashmi Shukla of tapping the phones of leaders like Nana Patole, Bachu Kadu, Sanjay Kakade and Ashish Deshmukh. Polling in Goa for 40 assembly seats was held on February 14th and the counting of votes will take place on March 10th. In light of the Ukraine crisis, Rajasthan Chief Minister Ashok Gehlot today said that the crisis presents an opportunity for India to consider expanding the country's medical colleges and seats. Making a statement, he said that the careers of thousands of students who were forced to return to India from Ukraine now remain uncertain due to the war. Hence, a decision must be taken to absorb these students. Thousands of Indian students pursue medical studies abroad. CM Gehlot pointed out that the majority of students go to China, Nepal, Ukraine, Russia and Bangladesh, among other countries, for medical studies because the costs there are lower. However, they have to appear for the foreign medical graduate examination on returning to India. Many students fail to clear this examination due to the linguistic and curricular changes. 
Hence, everyone ends up suffering in this situation. Putting forth a suggestion, CM Gehlot said that the Medical Council of India's rules should be changed by the centre so that both the public and private sectors can open more medical colleges. Yesterday, the National Medical Commission had said that MBBS students who have returned to the country fleeing Ukraine without completing their internships will be able to do so in Indian medical colleges and hospitals. The commission had, however, not laid guidelines for those who had not completed their courses yet. The Russian military announced today that it will observe a temporary ceasefire in two areas of Ukraine to allow civilians to evacuate, Russian state media Interfax has reported. This is the first temporary ceasefire announced in the conflicted region to allow civilians to escape the war. The Russian Defense Ministry said in a statement that it has agreed on evacuation routes with Ukrainian forces to allow civilians to leave the strategic ports of Mariupol in the southeast and eastern town of Volnovakha from 10 a.m. Moscow time. A top official in Mariupol told the Associated Press that the ceasefire will last up to 4 p.m. India's foreign ministry today said that it has strongly pressed the Russian and Ukrainian governments to initiate a ceasefire for Indian students stranded in Ukraine. The ministry also tweeted claiming that they are in regular touch with students who have been posting regularly on social media, pleading the government to evacuate them from the region. The statement comes after Indian students stranded in Ukraine's Sumi city posted a video on the internet where they informed people that they had decided to take a risky journey to the Russian border to flee from the conflict. News Laundry reporter Supriti David got in touch with Tapan Kumar Bagudai, a student stuck in the city of Sumi in northeast Ukraine. Tapan narrated his ordeal of surviving on minimal resources due to the conflict in the region. He said, and I quote, My bottled water is nearly finished now. What we do now is leave the tap on and wait to hear the water run. As soon as we hear it, we run and collect the water in the bucket. According to the Borgen Project, an NGO focused on addressing global poverty, tap water in Ukraine should not be consumed. However, students like Papan aren't left with much of a choice. You can read the full story titled Calls, Rescue Appeals, Safety Hacks and Dal, A Day in the Life of a Student Trapped in Ukraine. Only on Newslaundry.com. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.